That's right, you're listening to Wake Fans, and with me is the Delhi manager of our hearts, the world's number one Wake fan, John Serpico. How are you, Marcelo? I'm doing well, John. How are you doing? I'm not too bad at all. I think I've got a two Wegmans weekend uh, uh, lined up for me because there's a brand new Wegmans opening in Natick, Massachusetts on Sunday morning. So I will hit my home Wegmans. I'm going to see a new Wegmans. It's going to be a very exciting weekend. Well, my grocery store trips have gone down, actually. I- I've become one of those people that like gets vegetables delivered to their house because I'm just, just kind of throwing up my hands and just being like, well, I'll just get ugly produce then. One of those things where you uh, get vegetables that you know aren't pretty enough to sell in the store, but are still good. So I'm just like, I'd rather take ugly vegetables delivered to my house than go to a California grocery store. That's one of those things where you looked at your life, you pondered it and thought, I would rather stay at home and eat ugly apples than emerge <laughs> emerge into the food desert that is that is Northern California. The, do you like kind of the ugly produce delivery? Because that is kind of a trend that's sweeping the country, either with home delivery or with small green grocers that just specialize in ugly fruit. With the fruit itself, you have to get over a mental block, but it's actually delicious. I have a lemon tree in my backyard, and, and I would say if I was trying to take these lemons to market... I could only take maybe a third of them because they just some of them just grow weird and don't just look like your platonic ideal of lemons. But all the lemons from my tree are super juicy and delicious. So, you know, that helped me go, you know, yeah, let's let's give this ugly fruit a shot. Now, with your backyard tree, that's only a, you know, a sample size of one in terms of fruit trees. But if only a third of your fruit looks like the fruit you buy in the supermarket, that is a nice reminder of how much good, delicious, edible produce does not make it to supermarkets and is instead cut up and used in used in other ways and pulped and turned into animal feed or whatever it is they do with... I know there's a grading system, you know, A1 and A2 and whatever. Like, if all we have ever seen in our lives in supermarkets has been the ideal version, then there is just so much hidden food in our system that is just going elsewhere. Yeah, but let's, let's move on because they are not a sponsor of this podcast. If they would like to sponsor this podcast, Hit me up, yo. Also, I just want to quickly apologize for the irregularity of our episodes. We've had some technical difficulties on my end, which are hopefully resolved by now. We'll try and be better. You make us want to be our best selves. (laughs) And now it's time for Wag News. Wag News. Wag News. Wag News. Wag News. Wag News. I promised last episode that I wouldn't start yet another podcast with a published survey ranking Wegmans number two. And I'm keeping that promise because a recent survey ranked Wegmans number one in customer satisfaction. Yeah, wait a Wegmans. A few weeks ago, there was a study released by the Temkin Group, and Wegmans received an 86% overall customer experience score on however they calculate this, which again tops Publix, HEB, another grocery store, Aldi, Trader Joe's, Save-A-Lot, Whole Foods. You know, left them in the dust. But not only did Wegmans beat out the other grocery stores, they beat out every other single company. Your Apples, your Amazons, your Tesla, your Verizon, from airlines to wireless carriers. Number one. You know, you'd think I'd get tired of hearing about this or or being surprised by this, but I'm not. I am just so incredibly impressed 
that the brand, the organization that Americans like more than any other is a regional grocery store called Wegman. <laughs> like, you know, like there, there are electric cars now. There are, you know, you can, you can hit a button on the internet and have anything delivered to your house. 86% of people are just like, nope. It's Wegmans. It's a regional grocery store. I would prefer that to electric cars in terms of brand (laughs) satisfaction. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just the magic of it. There's magic to some things that happen now. I know the flight itself, right, is is magic, but waiting in airlines. So I can see how like waiting at the airport and all that other stuff. There's all these inconveniences associated with it. But yeah, pushing a button, having whatever you want delivered to your house, including groceries now, now that Amazon has purchased Whole Foods. And yet all of that pales in comparison to a hot bar, motivated employees, nice people. That's still number one. When looking at a survey like this, obviously Wegmans is not more popular than the concept of flight. But it's just it's looking at brands, you know, like groceries are being purveyed to us by Wegmans in a way that is greater than how airlines purvey flight to us. What I love about that is it's just in people's minds, they have an idea like this is what flying on an airplane should be, or this is what getting books and TVs delivered to my house should be. And this is what grocery shopping should be. And in each of those situations, it's like they have a score in their mind. Like this is the maximum possible satisfaction I could get from flying or home delivery or supermarkets. And Wegmans is just closest to the maximum possible way that people can interpret these things. Like Wegmans is better at being a grocery store than Delta is at being an airline or Amazon is at being, you know, our overlords and eventual rulers. They just, that that's how it works with a survey like this. On a internet basketball commentary, there's a lot of talk of unicorns, which they're referring to people like Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kristaps Porzingis. They're these men that are seven feet tall, jacked, can shoot the three, can take it to the hole and dunk. Like they just seem magical, even amongst the upper echelon of NBA athlete. They just like look like they were just designed by God to play basketball in every possible facet. I think Wegmans is the unicorn of grocery stores, or maybe just even a unicorn, period, you know? Well, I think you and I have different definitions of what jacked means if you are thinking of Kristaps Porzingis as jacked. <laughs> You know, it's an interesting point where in the NBA, everyone playing in the NBA is in the top 1% of 1% of 1% of basketball players in the world. But within that rarefied air, there are people that are even better than the average and the average being already excellent. And Wegmans is an example of that. All the, the other grocery stores that you mentioned on that list are grocery stores that have a following. Uh, I was talking to someone I know about the grocery store HEB, and people love that store. They love it. Trader Joe's has like a crazy obsession. There's the fearless flyer and all the unique products and the really interesting business model. People love Trader Joe's. People love Aldi. And despite that, Wegmans is beating all of those by three or four uh, percentage points on overall customer experience. That's 
that's LeBron James. You know, Porzingis as he enters his prime. You're just seeing among all of these things that are beloved, there is something that is beloved that much more. You know, I find that really, really cool. One thing I do want to mention is Whole Foods has a 72% customer experience score. And Wegmans is sitting at 86% versus Whole Foods, 72%. And I think that's about right. Ever since I started going to Wegmans with a lot of regularity, I've had something of a change of heart in terms of Whole Foods and not a good change of heart, like a bad change of heart. Like I used to go to Whole Foods, you know, once a week and get probably 70% of my groceries there. And now I'm never there. And in the rare instances where I am, I hate myself for going. Okay. This is, I mean, now we're getting off topic, but Wegmans hot bar versus Whole Foods hot bar because that that's probably the number one reason why I will pick uh, going to a Whole Foods in a particular day over Trader Joe's, which are the two best grocery options near me. Is that I'm like you know the burritos are great. Like I think the burritos are great. Like you get the burrito bowl, you get the burrito, uh, high quality ingredients. So that will tip me towards. One, I don't have a lot of groceries to buy because Whole Foods is very expensive. And two, I want some food. So let's go to Whole Foods today because I'm hungry. I I think it ultimately depends. In my mind, there is kind of the average Whole Foods because I've been to, I don't know, a dozen, 15 different Whole Foods. And in my mind, the average Whole Foods, average prepared food section has great produce. It's a place that you go if you want to get a big pile of salad because everything's fresh and delicious and it's Whole Foods. So it's very nourishing. And I'm sure you're looking at a picture of a farmer that grew it for you as you eat it and all. But for everything else, Wegmans wins. And and I, I firmly believe that. If I wanted just a salad with salad dressing, I would say that, that Whole Foods has an edge on Wegmans. But if I wanted a slice of Sicilian pizza or a sandwich or dim sum or any of those other things, I'm not going to Whole Foods. For as much care as they put into the cold part of their prepared foods – there is a, a lack of care in the hot foods of the prepared food section. I, I like stuff has that film on it, that kind of burned dry edge around things. And for a place where you're spending, you know, nine or $10 a pound versus Wegmans, $8 a pound, I would want them to beat Wegmans and they don't. Hmm. So it sounds like in college, how the, as a Pacific Islander, the first time I was introduced to mashed potatoes was the instant mashed potatoes in college. It seems like I've done that again, where I'm just accepting that the Whole Foods hot bar is the best when, you know, there's real mashed potatoes out there that is Wegmans. I think you need to accept that Whole Foods is okay, lest you be driven to madness. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Let's move on to the next item. I'm sure people out there are wondering if we just have a uncritical love of everything Wegmans does, but we actually have some things with which we disagree with Wegmans. They came out a few days ago. They came out against a single-use plastic carryout bag band that Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, proposed. Their point of view is that the carbon footprint of a single paper bag is greater than the carbon footprint of a single plastic bag, which is true. And they are saying that they recycle their bags at a 50% rate, which is incredible. But... Overall, I think just because they happen to do it particularly well, I I, I fundamentally disagree with their position on single-use plastic bags. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're definitely on the wrong side of history with this one. And Wegmans is putting out a bunch of statistics saying that their bags are made from recycled plastic at some percentage already and that 
people are recycling their bags and it's, you know, kind of closed loop recycling and all that. But plastic bag is still a plastic bag. And, you know, if you're walking down a city street and you see just plastic bags caught in the wind just blowing down the street or if you go to the beach and see them in the sand or... You know, if you take a plane over the Pacific and see that continent made of floating plastic, you will know that 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 things that don't biodegrade are a bad time. <laughs> and, you know, as as much as they say, oh, I think we're doing a great job with plastic recycling, it's a cost thing. Paper bags are more expensive than plastic bags. It is slower to bag into a paper bag. I understand why a business opposes this, but no, we as a society need to get rid of plastic bags. If we do that, it's not the cure-all to all the ills in the world, but it's going to be less things for humanity to choke on. I'm disappointed but not surprised by Wegman's response here because this is what every single grocery store has done when either local or statewide plastic bag bans have been introduced. Yeah, I'm also a little disappointed because they they cite a report from the New York State Plastic Bag Task Force, which are, you know, the people that make are making recommendations to the governor of New York. And, you know, you think, oh, well, everything they're saying must be backed up. But it's very cherry picked what they're citing. Here's some other things that come out on the other side from that report. By 2050, there'll be more plastic in the world's ocean than fish by weight. Plastic bags interfere with wastewater treatment plants. Education and store outreach alone only achieves a 5% reduction in the use of single-use plastic bags. So even though Wegmans achieves a 50% recovery rate on their plastic bags, they are once again a unicorn. What about all the other grocery stores in New York? You know, like if, if every if every grocery store was as good as Wegmans is at everything, this would just be the grocery store podcast and not the Wegmans podcast. We don't talk about other grocery stores with the kind of joy and love we do. Everything that Wegmans does right is an example uh, or is a reminder rather of all of the things that other grocery stores do wrong. And plastic bag use is a great example of that. Yeah, and even with their 50% recovery rate, the recovery rate for paper bags are, according to a study, anywhere from 63% to 67%. So even if the footprint is bigger for paper bags, the recovery rate is better. And also, New York should just adopt the California model with the plastic bag ban charging for paper bags, and that just pushes everyone. Everywhere I go now, people are using their own bags because they don't want to pay 25 cents. And because people are not always, but people tend to be rational economic actors. All it takes is a bit of an adjustment period and people will get very, very comfortable with keeping reusable bags in their car or keeping small ones like rolled up in a backpack or whatever. That is something that happens in Cambridge, Massachusetts. There's a, a, you know, a citywide ban and people just get used to it and it's fine. And it's not hard to get or find a reusable shopping bag and make that your bag. So I just think that, as with all things, there's always this kind of tension between the economic or financial needs of companies and environmental stewardship. You know, you have kind of stewardship, which always seems like some long-term thing. And then you have the financial performance of companies, which always seems like a short-term thing. And short-term 
kind of beats out long term sometimes when it comes to what companies want to do. And it will help everybody if every grocery store just chalked this one up as a loss and said, fine, we're just going to do the paper bag thing. We're not going to stand against the tide on this one. I would love if Wegmans took the lead on that. I would love if every other supermarket did the same and just made peace with the fact that going to paper and reusable bags is the right decision. Yeah, like I have in my house those blue reusable bags from Market Baskets, the one that fold up and snap on their own. Oh yeah, those are great. I've lived in California for four years now and I bought those a long time ago and I've gotten years of use out of them. Years and years of use out of them. So even making those bags, you know, may have a bigger carbon footprint than a single use plastic bag, but I haven't lived in Massachusetts in over four years and I still have those bags. It's not just the carbon footprint thing. If someone says, oh, well, a paper bag or, you know, a reusable shopping bag has a greater carbon footprint than plastic bags. That is part of it. But Get on a boat and look at the water and see just the film of filth and unbiodegradable nonsense that is choking our oceans. Yeah. Like, look at that too. Plastic doesn't go away. Plastic is something that we're just going to have to tell our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to deal with. Like, this just doesn't seem focused on the downstream effects of plastic bags and Wegmans were a little disappointed yeah come on Wegmans all right next piece of news is that Wegmans a few weeks ago had to recall their yogurt raisins because of secret peanuts inside the packages only bring this up because this feels particularly hurtful to me as someone who loves yogurt raisins loves Wegmans but is allergic to peanuts this one was personal Marcelo (laughs) (laughs) it's like I was like Marcelo don't let the door hit you on the way out Mm -hmm. and never come back that's be scary. I'm very lucky that I don't have food allergies. The idea that if you inadvertently eat a peanut or come in close contact with a peanut, your symptoms will range from mild discomfort to immediate death. That that seems horrible to me. I, I don't know if I could ever be comfortable in life knowing that there was something out there that could just immediately kill me. I live on the edge, John. That's why I just eat yogurt raisins and don't give a Rack, you know, <laughs> you're you're a dangerous man. I think obviously, you know, recalling yogurt raisins because of secret peanuts is, of course, the right thing to do. I think that is a nice reminder to people, though, that for processed food like yogurt raisins and cereals and things like that. They're processed in enormous factories where they make tons and tons of stuff. So all it takes is for someone not hosing down a hopper of peanuts before they put raisins in the hopper. That is enough to contaminate a process. Hopper, a technical manufacturing term. Well, I do take a lot of brewery (laughs) and food factory tours. In Oregon, there's a company called Bob's Red Mill. I think we may have talked about Bob's Red Mill on the show. And there's, like in my mind, kind of the best flowers you can get in the country are flour from King Arthur Flour in Vermont and Bob's Red Mill in, in Oregon. They do like amazing work. And I've been to both of those factories and... The amazing thing is they are small manufacturers. They're not enormous, but the volume of stuff, the volume of wheats and grains and nuts and fruit and all of those things that go through is huge. And when I kind of look at them, I think they're using all all the same equipment for a lot of this stuff. So when I look at it, I say they have to be on point at every step in the manufacturing process because 
if they're not, someone that is allergic to gluten is going to get a bit of gluten in their amaranth flour and bad things will happen. It is medical levels of cleanliness that they need for these things. Yeah, it's amazing that this doesn't happen more often, actually. It's pretty amazing to think that... Every time we hear about a, a food recall on the news, kind of the romaine lettuce issues right now with like lettuce from Arizona, Wegmans is recalling secret peanut yogurt raisins and stuff. But when we hear about it on the news, it comes to the top of our attention. But just think about how much food we eat. Just think of all of the different things, the different components that we eat every day or every week or every month. I've been affected by a food recall maybe once in my whole life where I've had to like go into my fridge and throw something out. That's once in my whole life. And considering the thousands or tens of thousands of meals made of the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of components and think, oh, one time I had to throw out some chicken tiki masala. That's pretty good for the food system. And that has been Weg News. Weg News. Weg News. All right, it's time for your favorite part of the episode, John Serpico and The Review. So for this one, I'm going a little out of the box here because the thing I'm going to review is Wegman's pre-sliced cold cuts. It's a very specific thing to review. Let me put it into context. If you go to a deli in Wegmans, you can get your cold cuts really three different ways. You can have someone freshly slice it for you. They also have pre-sliced cold cuts that they can measure out into a bag when you ask them for a certain weight. And they also have next to the deli, kind of like a little ice box, like a little open ice box where you have pre-sliced cold cuts already weighed out and in bags. Now, between the three of those, you would think that I would prefer the fresh sliced cold cuts or at least the fresh packed cold cuts. But my favorite type of cold cut to get from Wegmans is the pre-sliced, pre-bagged cold cuts. I don't know what kind of magic they use when they slice them, but they usually have them in like cheese is in like quarter pound or half pound packages the turkey and chicken and roast beef and stuff, those are usually in half pound to like three quarter pound packages. The reason why I like them so much is all of the individual slices lay flat and there's no air in between them. I don't know what kind of magic they use to do that. When you're slicing cold cuts or when you see someone slicing cold cuts, they slice one and put it down and slice another one and put that down on top of it and so on. And there's air in between and there are wrinkles in the cold cuts. But with this, it's just like a solid brick of turkey or meat or whatever you're getting, which means that it's going to keep for a little longer. When my wife wants to eat like a turkey and cheese sandwich for lunch that week, I get the pre-sliced, pre-packed cold cuts because they last the whole week without getting weird or slimy or gross. You're talking about, and I just want to make sure I'm understanding this right. So you're, you're not talking about, say, the cold cuts that come in like a hard plastic, the same way that like Colombia has like the sliced salami that you buy in like the hard plastic shell? You're talking about something that somebody sliced that morning and then put in a plastic bag? Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, you know, you so can go... the exact same thing, just sliced better yeah. than getting it... <laughs> That's what that's what blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, because yeah, like as you said, you know, you can go to 
where they keep like sliced cheese. It's like in a hard case. It comes from like a, a supplier, like Boar's Head, I think has that or whatever. Wegman's cold cuts sliced by people at the deli counter. It's just somehow they did it that morning and they were able to perfectly stack them in a way where there's no air in between. And in my mind, if you're getting cold cuts that are fresh sliced, you've got three days. But with these, you've got like five or six. It blows my mind. <laughs> I feel like this is a mocking I laugh. Just, I, I mean, look, like... I mean, no. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Choosing the cold cuts that was sliced like four hours earlier and put them back because they stacked them. Good. You know, uh, I don't. You know, this is, is why everyone loves you, John, because you're you're fully you, and without your insanity, this podcast wouldn't be possible. So you just keep on keeping on. I, you know, I don't have an off switch, Marcelo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I like those cold cuts. What could I say? I'm a I'm a man of I'm a man of specific tastes. You know, don't don't shy away from Wegman's pre-sliced, pre-packaged cold cuts. I guess that's the that's that's the lesson here. Okay, and, and that has been the review. <laughs> oh, you're a ridiculous person, John. Oh, I know, I know, Marcelo. And now it's time for the burning question, the question we ask every episode that you can carry the discussion onto our Facebook page or hit us up on Twitter. But before we get to the burning question this week, I need to talk about the women of Wegmans. I feel like these are our people, the women of Wegmans, John. So back in October 2010, Nadine Baylor Joyner, Paula Hobson Stanley, and Susan Myers camped outside of a Wegmans in the uh, Maryland area. They got there early and then they met while they were cheering for the employees who were getting everything set up for the opening of the Wegmans. They got there at 3 a.m., even though the doors wouldn't open until 7. And while they were there, three people joined them to camp out just because they looked like they were having a good time. They formed the Women of Wegmans. So in their area now, the, the Women of Wegmans go and camp out in front of every new Wegmans that opens up in their area. I, I think this is great. But I was really annoyed by the article in which I read this. Because the subtitle was, it's a good store and all, but dot, dot, dot. I was like, hey, that's a little judgy. Wegmans is great. If these ladies want to celebrate Wegmans, or if two guys want to do a a semi-regular podcast about Wegmans, you know, we don't need your judgment, internet blogger. You know, for me, Wegmans represents things I love. It represents comfort and happiness and good food and, you know, a place where you can feel comfortable. It's homey. And I have no problem kind of proudly professing my love for a for-profit company that I like. No one freaks out when people say they love Disney World. And people shouldn't freak out when, you know, a group of good and upright and wonderful women profess their love of a supermarket. I think that's great. I think that when you find something you like, you should go all in on it and really appreciate it and really get a kick out of it. And that's exactly what the women of Wegmans are doing. I think... Getting a good supermarket in your area is literally life-changing. If you live in a place where you don't have 
great options for shopping and getting good food and good produce and whatever. And all of a sudden a Wegmans pops up or Trader Joe's or an Aldi or whatever, an HEB or whatever. When you go from a place that didn't have choice to suddenly having choice, that's wonderful. Celebrate that. Show up at 3 a.m. Bring coffee and lawn chairs and tailgate that stuff. I think that's awesome. Okay, so here's the question. Here's the burning question. John, for what have you camped out? For anything? Well, I have camped out for a Wegmans before. When the one opened in uh, Burlington, Massachusetts, I was there before opening and had a little, you know, 15, 20 minute tailgate and then went in and made the rounds. And it was awesome. I've also camped out for, there's a, you know, big video game convention, video game and board game convention called PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo. There's one in Boston, one in Seattle, a few of them all over the, all over the country. And if you want to get in and get cracking on the convention, you have to camp out a few hours early in a great big line of people. And then they open the doors and let everybody in and to demo video games. And I think of a line at the beginning of PAX the same way I think of a tailgate for football. It's a bunch of like-minded people all getting together because they love the same thing. And there's something really cool about that. And you also tailgate for your alma mater's terrible football games. I do, yeah. There's no better way to watch some uh, some horrendous college football with, you know, zero offense, uh, no downfield threats, than showing up two or three hours early and nodding and waving to all the other people there for the same reason before eventually going in and having your heart broken. <laughs> again and again, every week for, you know, 12 weeks. And then, then you do it again next year and the year after that. And you still give them money when they ask for money, but you wonder why. Oh, this, you wonder what it really gets. You've taken it. We've taken a dark turn. So okay. So the so there's a new Wegmans opening up tomorrow in Natick, Massachusetts, and with its own, I believe, fancy Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. What time are you going to get there tomorrow? Yep, second floor restaurant. I'm going to get there. I believe they open at seven. So I'm probably going to roll in there around 5.30 a.m. Does that mean that my cat needs to get his insulin shot a little early? Yes, it does. But I need to make sure I'm in that parking lot before it gets too full. Because having been to the opening of the Medford Wegmans on its first day, the Burlington Wegmans on its first day, I think I did the Chestnut Hill Wegmans on its first day, too. It's a mob scene. They usually have local cops directing traffic. And inside, they have marching bands and tons of free samples. It's just really, really high volume. And in each of those instances, Wegmans has done a wonderful job, but it's still a lot of people in a finite space. So I do my best to get there early and enjoy it before it gets too, too nuts. All right. Well, that's been the burning question. This has been Weg Fans, the unaffiliated Wegmans fan cast. This episode has been edited by Max Kreisky. He is our fresh made pesto from the Olive Bar. All of our music was composed and performed by the great band Minus World. Check them out at minusworld.com. They are like fair trade coffee at a reasonable price. And they rocked PAX East uh, about a week ago, right? Oh, yeah, they, they, they blew it up earlier in the spring. And, of course, big thanks to Dan Chapman for wishing this podcast into existence. He is the dental hygiene section that is so important for our long-term health. Want more WEG fans in your life? Follow us on Facebook at WEG fans Podcast, on Twitter at WEG underscore fans, and our email is WEGFANSPODCAST at gmail.com. To get new episodes automatically, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why not rate and review us? If we've earned five stars, go ahead and give us five stars. If we haven't earned five stars, go ahead and give us five stars. That's all for this week. 
Say goodbye to the people, John. Bye, everybody. I hope you're all at Wegmans right this second. And remember, women of Wegmans, we see you, and we get it. Sal-